Hello! In this episode of the Knowledge Series, number 7 on Lord of the Flies for GCSE, we're going to address the idea of the beast. It's really important that you have a strong handle on the beast from the perspective of different characters. To make sure we cover all this knowledge, we will look at each idea of the beast in turn. Firstly, we need to know about the beast or the beastie from the point of view of the little ones. For the little ones, the beastie is a genuine creature bent on attacking them, dangerous and active at night. It begins as a snake thing and becomes a ghost and a creature that comes out of the sea. Essentially, it is a figment of the children's imaginations, born of their fear of the unknown and representative of nightmares. Perhaps Golding has this imaginary beast to remind us that these are children, or as we've explored before in episode 6, introduce the idea of the power of fear itself. For Ralph and for Piggy, there is no beast, at least not in the way that the Littlands describe it. Ralph repeats in chapter 2 that there is no beastie and no snake thing. He's enormously frustrated by the suggestion that there could be a threat on the island. This might be because he does not want to believe it. Remember that he spent a lot of chapter 1 standing on his head in joy at the adventure on the island. Fear and a beast would be inconvenient. Later, in chapter 5, the discussion about ghosts is more significant. There's more at stake here than just having fun. When Piggy says, I don't believe in no ghosts ever, he is making a case in favour of science and rationalism against the superstitious idea of the beast. But importantly, Piggy and Ralph lose this vote. The assembly decides that there are ghosts on the island. Fear and superstition win. Paradoxically, you could argue that this vote for the ghosts as a confirmed beast on the island is the vote that consolidates what for Piggy is the real beast. That is, the children giving in to their superstitious, irrational, unthinking beliefs. For Piggy, this beast is the most dangerous thing, and for Ralph too, because it is the thing that stops the boys from behaving in a way that could get them rescued. At the centre point of the novel, Golding introduces the parachutist, this is what Sam and Eric see in chapter 6 that they mistake for a beast, and what Simon attempts to explain to the crowd on the beach just before he dies. It is pivotal because the search for this beast is what ultimately causes the schism between Ralph and Jack, and what causes Simon's death, and I think it is significant that Golding describes its arrival on the island with the phrase, a sign came down from the world of grown-ups. High above the island there is an air fight going on, and the parachutist is a casualty of this war in the adult world. It's appropriate that this version of the beast comes from war. It is a representation of the beast in human nature, the impulse towards conflict, and it is also a reminder that the beast exists just as much in the world of grown-ups as it does in the boys' world on the island. So much for the beast that Sam and Eric experience. Simon's version of the beast is much more complex. We've already discussed his comments about fear of the beast when we talked about Simon. He asks the boys, what if it's only us? Already he recognises that there is no literal beast to be afraid of. The only thing to fear is themselves and each other. Golding beautifully and brilliantly externalises this through the hallucinated conversation that Simon has with the pig's head on a stick. This conversation allows Golding to articulate, in the form of a dialogue, his key message about the beast. I'm part of you, says the pig's head on the stick. Close, close, close. That repetition drives home the inescapable nature of the beast. 
It is part of humans. It's also important, I think, that the pig's head says, I'm part of you, to Simon. Even Simon, that innocent character who some critics say is like Jesus, has the capacity for evil inside. The pig's head, ironically left there to frighten off Jack's version of the beast, is covered in flies, and is where the novel gets its name. It is the Lord of the Flies. This is a reference to a biblical word, Beelzebub, which is a name for the devil. At the heart of the novel, and in its title, is the devil, the Lord of the Flies. So is the devil the beast? Is that what this conversation with Simon is about? No, at least not in the medieval sense. There's no demonic figure stalking the pages of the book, and no devil character speaking in the boy's ears, making them choose evil over good. There is no devil character that they can fight off. And yet, at the same time, the devil is the beast that Simon is speaking to, in the sense that the devil is the epitome of evil. The most evil thing that can be imagined is the devil. And where does Simon find this most evil thing? Inside the other boys. Inside him. Close, close, close. This is what Ralph finally articulates on the last page of the novel when he wept for the end of innocence, the darkness of man's heart, and the fall through the air of a true wise friend called Piggy. The end of innocence that he weeps for isn't that he has changed from being a good person to being a bad one. I think it's more like the end of naivety, in that he has been forced to recognise the brutal reality of the world. Before, he thought there was no beast. Now he understands that the beast is the darkness of man's heart, or perhaps to put it another way, the devil inside all of them. So what is the beast? For the little ends, an unknown fear. For Jack, a creature stronger than him. For Piggy, irrationalism. For Simon, and in the end for Ralph, it's the darkness of man's heart. And for Golding, what is the beast used to signify? Surely the natural inclination of human nature towards fear and brutality and violence. <laughs>